During our last broadcast, we were talking about where to begin in straightening out your marriage. And I was suggesting to a lady who wrote to us saying that she and her husband wanted to straighten out their marriage, that they could begin by sitting down at a regular series of conferences. Let me repeat some of the conference rules that I gave at that time that might be of help to you who were not listening in on the last broadcast. I suggested, first of all, that these conferences, which were intended to reestablish communication between the two of them at the one point where they could communicate, namely with respect to the things that are wrong between the two of them, would begin by the two of them reading carefully Ephesians 4, verses 25 through 32. That passage deals very uh, much with the question of Christian communication and what it should be like. Now, in that passage, we're told that uh, we're not supposed to let things go over to the next day. We're to be angry, but not to sin, not to let the sun go down on our anger, that no unwholesome word is to proceed from our mouths, but only such a word is as good for building up the other person aimed at the problem that has arisen, that may, it may give grace to those or help to those who hear. And our words are not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God, and all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander is to be put away, and we're to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other as God in Christ has forgiven us. So you see, anybody who pays attention to those words and sits down at a conference table starts off in the right way. Reading that and asking God's blessing upon the conference begins the conference, and the husband is the one who sees to it that the conference is begun and that it's ended. It should be a half hour at least, no longer than an hour. And at the first conference, a list should be composed, a his and her list, two-column list that the wife keeps as secretary, uh, a list of all the ways in which he knows he has wronged God, her, and the children, and she knows she has wronged God, her husband, and the children. This ought to be a concrete list in which they talk about specific things that could be changed, not abstractions, not generalizations like, uh, uh, as I said last time, uh, my husband's inconsiderate. You can't change inconsiderateness to considerateness because those are abstractions that are only titles for columns. But under that list five or six ways in which he's inconsiderate. He drapes his pants over the chair and expects me to hang them up in the closet, that kind of thing. You can do something about pants. They're either on the chair or they're in the closet. But inconsiderateness as such is an abstraction about with which nothing can be done. All right, now that's the first day and the second day. Uh, you continue that list. And then eventually you draw a line across the page when you've exhausted all the things that you know that you can do, uh, that you can say about the ways in which you have wronged the other person and wronged God. You get the log out of your own eye first. Then you go across the column and you begin to fill in everything on your wife's column and she everything on your column so that uh, uh, both parties have all the concrete items that they can uh, on those columns. It ought to be a small list of 75 to 100 items. And if you make sure that it is that many items, 75 to 100, there are sure to be concrete issues. Now you begin to take the smallest of those issues, the easiest, the single-stranded ones, the simplest matters, and you begin to work them out together from the Word of God and try to find solutions to these problems that both of you can agree upon in ways that are uh, in, according, uh, in accordance with the Scriptures. 
Now, you see, that's how people begin to communicate. And I suggested that if, if bickering or fighting continues, and if the communication doesn't uh, uh, get restored and problems aren't getting uh, solved, then you probably need a third party, like your pastor, to uh, step in and to help you in this process of rebuilding your relationship with one another. But today I want to suggest another thing that can be done right alongside of this from the very first day on. And uh, you see, why, whereas the one is negative in order to become positive, that is, you talk about all the, ne the, the wrong things that are there so that you can begin to do the right things uh, in relationship to them, there is one positive thing that you can begin to do from the first day on. We often assign this to people, too, because in our counseling center, because we find that people are not oriented in this direction, and they need to change their thinking and their minds and their orientation if they intend to change the marriage situation. In, a, in Philippians 2, in that uh, second uh, chapter of Philippians, Paul is talking about how unity can be brought about between members of the church. And the same principles, of course, have to do with unity in the home or unity between any two Christian people. He says, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Those are verses 3 and 4 in Philippians, the second chapter. And they're very important verses to keep in mind. And one way to begin this on a very small scale, but at least to begin, that we suggest and we've seen has worked extremely well, is to just begin to make a personal list that you don't let the other person see. A personal list of one small thing each day that you can do just simply to please the other person. Now, if you do that, one small thing you can do just to please your husband, just to please your wife, and then if you follow that list and do one small thing every day just to please the other, several things will happen. First of all, the other party will be pleased in most cases. That already changes the situation between the two of you. You haven't been doing much to please one another up until this time. Secondly, you've been thinking about how you can get even or how you can get out of the mess or something like that, and it's going to change your whole orientation toward that other person if you think about what you can do to please him or to please her. Thirdly, that's the first step toward love, thinking of the other person rather than thinking of yourself and what you can do to please the other person. That's inherent in love. Love is other-oriented rather than self-oriented. Moreover, as you begin to do a few things for each other, this changes the whole relationship and the whole atmosphere between the two of you. It begins to make the conference tables change their whole, uh, their whole uh, outlook. Everything begins to change. And you know, when you spend time thinking about the other person and what it is that pleases her or what it is that pleases him, you begin to analyze the other person in a new way. You begin to find out more about that other person that perhaps you haven't even spent the time to try to understand up until this time. So all around, this little exercise, seemingly small as it may, it may be, and indeed it is small. I'm not saying that you should take hours and hours and hours a day on this or spend lots of money. Indeed, the things that you don't uh, pay for and that you don't spend hours and hours doing are sometimes the best things of all. Maybe a little note in your husband's lunch bag telling him that you're thinking about him and that you'll be praying for him or that you love him. Uh, perhaps uh, some kind of a, a flower picked along the way on the way home for your wife. Uh, whatever it may be, some little thoughtful thing, maybe even a humorous thing, uh, so long as the situation isn't too bitter uh, or something of that nature. These are the things that can make the difference. 
And don't despise these little things. Big changes in relationships can come over small changes in action. Don't ever forget that fact. And, uh, you know, all this has to begin one place, the conference table, the doing good things for one another, by a real repentance in which you and your wife, you and your husband, before God and one another, admit that you're sinners and in which you seek God's forgiveness and you start afresh in a new atmosphere and attitude as you come from your knees before him in which you recognize that you're unworthy and that you have been sinning as a husband and as a wife. It's all got to begin right there. But then go to work on those things that are wrong. Then go to work on doing things just to please one another and God's going to bless you. Lord, do just that, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.